0: How are you? (laughs) Hello to our 6 p.m. church and our family here in the building. And it's a privilege and an honor to share what I believe uh, God wants to to share with you as his people this evening. So um, I want to pray because I want to get out of the way and I want to allow God to be in charge. Father God, we sang earlier on the most phenomenal song about the reckless love of God and it is because of that love that I have any any permission to take this microphone to share your word and to try and teach God's people. It is but by the grace of God and the cross that where you bore the punishment that I deserved, so that I can stand here righteous and holy, restored and set free, and share your word to your people, so that everybody, everybody can walk in revelation and truth and have their salvation, so that one day we will all have the most amazing party in heaven, and all of God's people said, amen. Amen. You can take your seats. So I want to, I think it's important, I want to explain my wife's absence. So um, uh, our three-year-old son had a 39-degree fever on Friday, and it only broke sometime mid-morning today. So um, so she has stayed at home um, to make sure that he has the very best <laughs> um, health and isn't kind of out in the evening. And I also want to explain to you that um, I really believe that God wants to share something significant tonight because I woke up this morning feeling really worried and bad and and, and sick. And I want you to understand, church, that I don't get sick. Sick isn't something that happens to me as an individual. And every time that it happens, I know it's something spiritual. So I know that I needed to push through today because there there was something against me preaching and standing here tonight. So I pushed through. So I apologize in advance if I trip over myself a little bit, but I wanted to give you that context. So anybody that knows me, will know that I like things tidy and organized. Anyone kind of agree with that? Anybody that lives with me or works with me, I like things tidy and organized. And church, can I be honest? My wife finds this trait of mine probably my most frustrating um, attribute that I have. And it's not because she doesn't like a tidy home or she doesn't appreciate me tidying up, but it's when she's using a spoon and I put it away. Or it's when she's put the pot, she's, you know, she's taken the pot off the lid, sorry, the lid off the pot, And then I just come in and go oh the lids on the on the counter let me put it in the dishwasher and then she has to go and get out of the dishwasher and put it back on the pot and and it's and and it's not like she's dirty and it's not that she's cluttered it's that we have different definitions of what's going on here I'm looking at the kitchen and going I want it to be clean I want it to be tidy I want it to be organized and she's looking at the kitchen and going I'm cooking so therefore it comes with a certain level of of mess and untidiness, yeah? Who can, you can't really cook um, without having any mess. Although I do pride myself on probably being able to do that. Um, but. Um, but the fact is that we have different perspectives and clutter is subjective. It's all in the eyes of what it is that you're trying to achieve. And so even my children, if if we were tidying our toys and sorting them out into different boxes and everything is on the floor, you might come into my home and go, jeepers, that man's house is untidy. But it's not because clutter is subjective and we are trying something, we have a mission ahead of us. And it is through that mission that we've allowed something um, and we've, we've, we've allowed that in our home. Does that make sense? And And so I I was asked a question of myself recently while listening to a podcast, and it said, how do I pursue the mission of God in an uncluttered manner? And when I was thinking about that question, I realized that because clutter was subjective, and what we're trying to achieve determines what is actually happening, and what is clutter, and what is part of what we're supposed to be doing. I wanted to find out what the mission of God is. I think that's a good place to start, hey? Because if we're supposed to be living and doing the mission of God, then what we need to remove or what we need to do is determined by what we're trying to achieve as God's people. So the mission of God is found, I believe, in Matthew 28, 18. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always till the end of the age." So what is God's mission? He's in the people business. Everything that he left us to do, every commission, every um, instruction that he left for us was people. It was people. It was people. It was saving God's people. It was teaching God's people. It was helping God's people enter eternity. Because sometimes I don't think we realize enough as the church. There are two places that we're going to go. There is a real hell. And church, can I be vulnerable? When in 2004, I almost passed away um, of HIV. I was very, very sick for a long time. And church, had I died, I was only going to hell. I'd heard the gospel. I had rejected it. I had said, no, I don't believe in that Jesus guy. Enough had been given to me that I couldn't justify um, that I didn't know. Enough had been presented to me, but I had rejected it. And it's but by the grace of God that I survived that period of my life for then two years later to give my life to Christ. And now I know that if I die, I'm going to the right place. But God is in the people business. So how does that work? How does the mission of God unpack in our lives? It's really simple. And it's a scripture that has... Um, been over my life and been something from, from my baptism until today that I always think about and pray over and receive over myself and it's from Romans 3 and it says, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus, so grace. I believe, and we're we're preaching, we're speaking about a message called the Rhythm of Grace, and I believe it is in this moment that grace began. It is in the moment where Jesus hung on the cross for you and I. I'm um, taking everything that He did not deserve. Um, actually, we deserve to hang there. <laughs> like I did some stuff wrong today. I deserve to hang on that. I deserve to be punished. I deserve hell in my own personal capacity and my sinfulness. But Jesus hung on that cross in the greatest act of love and compassion and forgiveness that the world has ever and will ever witness. And he hung there for you, for you for you you, and for me and because he hung there i believe this rhythm of grace began a rhythm of grace where where it says that we get what we don't deserve that we're able to walk in places and do things that are out of our own um uh, will and favor and in step with the holy spirit and with jesus because of what he started on the cross but it started with forgiveness and with love so just like clutter, rhythm can be subjective. So earlier on today, to the, for the most part, I'm sure my team would agree that some of us do it better than others, we were all probably in line with each other rhythmically during worship. We were dancing at the right place, we were putting our hands up when we were supposed to, and we were responding to the rhythm, rhythm of, the, of the room. We had a rhythm. But just imagine if I put my AirPods in my ears, like um, so many of our young people seem to always do and you can't communicate with them. So if I put the AirPods in my ear and just decided I was now going to do something very different to the room. And just imagine when you were singing holy, I was singing, I don't know, a bat out of hell or, or something as equally terrible. And I'm running and skipping and jumping and diving about and I look out of rhythm but it's not that I'm out of rhythm, it's that I'm following a different rhythm to the rhythm of what's in the room. And so I believe that as we understand the mission of God, that I also believe that he would have given us a rhythm and a pattern of which we need to follow and do so that the mission can be achieved and that we walk rhythmically and together. Does that make sense? Do you agree that I believe he would have set that up for us? So, so I want us to look at two um, two items that I think relate to um, the rhythm, and the first is our spiritual gifts. And so, if you think that the Word of God teaches that we are a body and that we all have a, p- a part to play, but just also imagine kind of looking at that through the lens of rhythm. So, if if I'm a guitar and you're a piano and someone else is a a vocalist, we have to have a shared rhythm. We have to have a shared performance. If we start doing our own thing and singing our own song and putting AirPods in our ears, then we would be uh, outside of harmony, we would sound terrible, we would sound clunky, and we certainly wouldn't, I believe, see the mission of God fulfilled, because whilst we're all using our gifts, and whilst we're all doing our things, if we're not walking in rhythm together, then actually we're creating our own agenda, and we're creating our own uh, things, and we're creating our own parachurches, or we're just creating our own movements, and we're not in step together. And so I believe if, if, if you follow that analogy, um, then the fruits become the way that we walk and the way that we use our gifts and behave as individuals. And so, whatever we're doing, whatever gift you have, and, and if you don't know your spiritual gifts, I'm not gonna go through them tonight. And the reason I'm not gonna do that is partly time, but also there is a far better course set up that our church does every Tuesday, at the first Tuesday of the month, where we can go through that properly. I won't be able to give it the, the time and attention that it deserves. So if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, at your next step after today is to book your a spotted Grow chat. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, because it's vital that you understand. You need to Understand where you are in the body where you are in the orchestra and if God is leading us you need to understand what is your part to play because <laughs> otherwise you're going to be clanging in the wrong place and doing things that you shouldn't be doing so fruits so I believe I remember I said to you that the, the grace of God starts in the single biggest act of love and compassion and it, I don't believe it's any accident then that the spiritual fruits begin with love because Love is the, the fruit that holds all the others together. It's, the, it's like the skeleton that holds it together, that keeps it in place. We can't be kind without love. We can't have patience without love. We can't um, have goodness without love. Love is where it starts. And do you know why it starts there, church? It's because the only way that we're able to have any of the fruits of the Spirit is when we understand the love of God upon us. So it's like when you get to the place that I have, where I understand that I am a worm, I'm lost, I don't deserve anything, but I understand that He loves me and He chose to give me the things I didn't deserve. We have to get to that place, church, where we understand the love of God and the power of the love of God because it's as that comes upon our life that it changes us. And there are two fruits that will happen immediately, or three, when, when, when you receive love. The first one is you can love. The Word of God actually says that we will be known by the way we love each other. It's impossible... It's impossible to be disciples of Christ and not to have love. We have to understand the love of God and the forgiveness of of, of our Father because it's from that place that we can receive love and show love to other people. I am not capable of loving anybody. Um, I was quite a rude person before I was saved. I I, I barely showed any affection to anybody. I don't think I would ever have married um, outside of God. I just think I would have lived a very lonely and sad life because I just didn't know how to love. I didn't really understand how to show it. I thought that it was all manipulative and it was more about what you give me and what I give you. But my whole viewpoint on love was distorted. And it was only when I understood the love of God that I was able to love for the first time, both him and everybody around me and in john uh, 15 4 to 5 it says remain in me as i also remain in you no branch can bear fruit by itself it must remain in the vine neither can the neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me i am the vine You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So as we hold on to Jesus, as we remember who he is, and I think it was so significant today that we did breaking of bread and remembered his love and forgiveness. As you hold on to that and you graft yourself onto the vine, love will flow through you so it can come out of you to other people. So love is vital. Then once you have received the love of God and you can give the love of God, two of the uh, the fruits will happen very naturally now to you. And those are peace, and joy now who here has been really happy the last two years like you've had the best two years life has been amazing it's been phenomenal and like you're just so happy and like you're skipping down the road every day and you walk into work you're like oh what? like how amazing is it how highly favoured of the Lord um, I was in lockdown yesterday and I can't have my holiday and blah 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 like, but that is not joy. What you're describing is a lack of happiness. And happiness is attached to the things and the things that happen in our life. Joy comes through understanding the love of God. I will be honest. I have had days where I haven't been happy, but I've always been joyful. I have remembered for the last two years that the cross still stands, that my eternity will still stand. And to be honest with you guys, when we enter eternity, it'll be like COVID, What? Like, 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 who, what, like, I, we, I, I don't even think we're going to care about it, remember it, or give it any time or attention. We're just going to be looking at Jesus and going, wow. Like, the, the word of God teaches that angels are just praising his name, singing hallelujah in his presence. Now, if that's angels that have lived with him their entire lives, what more will we be when we've walked through um, this journey of life to enter that? I think we'll have a greater level of gratitude than the angels ever had, because they never had to endure this part of eternity. So we're going to have joy. And I would challenge you, church, if you have struggled um, in this season and you are becoming uh, miserable and frustrated and disappointed, then can I ask you to go back and just check where your heart is and actually have you received the love of God. Because I would say to you and I would assert to you, if you know the love of God and it is upon your life, then you will have joy. You will have joy. It's not if, it's not maybe, it's you will have joy. And you'll also have peace. Because when you understand that this is not the not the end of the game, <laughs> when you understand that the things that we're walking through now are not the end of our journey, then suddenly we can have more peace. We can just feel happier about stuff. We can have a, a better outlook and a and a different um, uh, thought process and. And I will be honest, Church, um, in July of this year, um, as you will know, we, we amazingly uh, inherited and transitioned to join with Edge Church Melkbos, And we also really began in that month to really start to plant and to, to do the work required for Camps Bay. I've got to be honest, Church, like there was a lot going on in my life personally. My father had had an operation. He'd had heart attacks. Um, My father almost died when I was a young man. I haven't seen him for five years. And I will be honest, there was a part of me, and the devil really wanted to go after me to say, your dad's going to die. You haven't seen him. You never met your children. And I had to go through that. But I had a piece inside me that said, it doesn't matter if he does. Because during this time period, he's now watching church online. COVID has enabled him to be a part of the church I'm a part of. They're probably watching today. And so actually, I can have peace. I actually don't care. I do care. I would miss my dad terribly. But if he dies, it's okay because I will see him again in eternity. And there was a peace that came from that, that nobody could have given me. No external factor. Even everything going on in my life. And think about it, guys. There are some people that nothing has really crashed around them they've still got the same car they're still driving the same ho- uh, living in the same house they've still got the same job but yet they're wandering around like covid ruined their lives ruined what like, like actually like I, I don't understand like what did the, what did it actually happened like you had to stay indoors but you must have loved that house because you spent a lot of money on it and you built it so you've got to spend some weeks in there um, that's just i'm like but it, again it's like there's a complete lack of peace it just says to me where's where's your heart where's your love Where's, where's Jesus' love on your life? Because you're just so perplexed and so caught up in how it impacts you, rather than just seeing and understanding that in this moment we got to rest. I'll be honest, guys. I had the most amazing five weeks with my children. And because of my health, um, I was told to stay indoors for a lot longer than most people. So I didn't come out of the house and come back to work until August of that year. But I just stayed at home. I did my studies. I started studying theology. And I just made the most of it. And I wouldn't change it for anything because I had great time with my wife. I had great time with my children. And who knows, like it's hard being um, a full-time employee and having children and being married. But I can look back and go, we we made that time count. We had lunch together. We had dinner together every day. We didn't just allow it to happen. Why? Because there was a peace inside me that said one day we will leave. But right now we are here and we will make the most of it. We will have peace. And so once we've had those two um, fruits come upon our life, then what happens is we have a, a group of fr- uh, fruits that are, uh, that become how we can express love. So those two gifts are ha- what happens when we receive love and it's an inward change that happens. And then there's a, a sea- season of gifts, where, sorry, fruits, where we're now changed and able to do something different for other people. The first one is patience. Because when you love God and God loves you and stuff doesn't always happen by the timescales that you give him it's like you prayed this morning I know Kayla shared an amazing testimony but there are probably other people in the room that have done tithing for four years and still haven't had the breakthrough so there is a patience that we need to work out but to be honest with you I mean he was patient for me like the word of God says that um, um, in Exodus 34 6 and he passed in front of Moses proclaiming Lord the Lord the compassionate and gracious Lord slow to anger abounding in love and faithfulness he waited for me he was patient with me. Remember, I almost died uh, when I was younger. He was patient. He, he, he gave me a second opportunity um, both to live but also to be set free and to be born again. He was patient. So what more can I be? How can I say that patience isn't something that I'm able to do in this world? And then the next one is kindness. So patience is long-suffering love. Kindness is a compassionate love. It's in Romans 2, 4, it says, Do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? When he's kind to us it causes us to repent and where we're kind to others it will cause them to listen to us um, if we are unkind to people and we bully and we shout and we manipulate then the message we're trying to convey to people is lost and um, we may as well actually just go silent it would silence would probably be better than um, kind of <laughs> using the gospel inappropriately um, but we need and we can have kindness. And again, like I said to you, I, I, kindness wasn't something that I had before. And it's still something that I need to work on. And when I don't feel kind, I have to remember, sure, Chris, like, have you spent time with God today? Have you received the love of God today? Have you remembered Romans three today? Because if you haven't remembered those things, then old Chris will wear his ugly head. Chris that doesn't deserve the platform. Chris that doesn't deserve to speak and utter the word of God. But that's not the man I am today because of the love of God. But you have to remember that and you have to go back to your source and your strength and understand who he is and what he did for you. Then the next one is goodness. (laughs) Mercy and goodness will follow me all the days of my life. But goodness is also then something we can do to other people. We can be generous. Um, We can serve people. We can um, uh, also uh, encourage people. When we are good to other people, we'll encourage them. Um, before, the, uh, before the message today, when he heard that I wasn't well, CJ immediately prayed for me. He was being good to me. Um, Dieter and Matthew, when I was feeling um, slightly overwhelmed this afternoon, and um, they sat with me and they prayed with me and got me ready for tonight. Why? Because they were being good. And they were showing kindness to me. Why? Because they know the love of God and the fruit of goodness is evident upon their life. They encouraged and they served and they were generous. Then the last one in this cluster is faithfulness. You know, um, when you understand how much God's love, you you can be faithful. You can be faithful to your church. (laughs) You can be faithful to your spouse, your friendships, your children, your commitments, your values. Uh, But you can be faithful. And I think uh, in this COVID season, these last two years, I think this is probably an area that's been um, most um, deserted. It's like we just we just give up. Oh, this country's terrible. I'm leaving. Can I be clear with you? I travel to this country twice a year for about six years. I have been to Portugal, Grand Canaria. I've been to Australia. I've been to Amsterdam. I've been to some of the most amazing places in the world. And I lived in London, which is second to Cape Town, the best city in the world. And I chose to come here when you moan about this country, you moan about the choices that I made, and it actually really frustrates me, can I be honest? Because I chose to come here. I gave up power every day <laughs> so that I could live in low shedding. I, no, but, but honestly guys, sometimes sometimes we act like there's nothing in this country. Do you know the ability that you have freedom to speak the gospel, you must never overlook. There are countries all over this world that you think are better than here, but you go there and mention the Bible. Your Bible may even get taken from you at the airport because the struggle is real out there. People do not allow the gospel. There are people that, and when Kayla had preached earlier on today and shared the word, that people would have been um, devastated and killed her even for speaking and for uttering and for for giving words over men. How dare she? Guys, seriously, you live in a blessed nation. You live in a wonderful place where you can share the gospel with your work colleagues, where you can talk about it, Um, where the majority of the country closes at Christmas. I have never heard of such a thing in my entire life. I have, honestly, I was like, I'm sorry, what's closing? They're like, everything. I was like, what do you mean everything? Everything closed on the 15th. I was like, I I, I actually genuinely just think they're making it up. And then everything closed. And, and, And it's like, wow, like, I'll be honest, guys. Like, it's the longest Christmas breaks I've ever had in my entire life. Like, we would finish school on the 21st, have the week off of Christmas, go back 2nd of January. Because it's not end of term, it's midterm. We just get a couple of weeks break. Easter the same. The amount of time and focus and, 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 and opportunities we get. This country is wonderful. And please, if you ever decide you want to learn about it, please don't do it in my presence, because it does upset me. But it will give me an opportunity to op- operate patience and kindness. So, <laughs> So... So maybe you should to really test my mettle. But, but guys, can I get an amen to what I just said? Because honestly, you live in a great nation. I've chosen to be thousands of miles away from my parents so that I can live in this country and raise my children. It's a good place. Load shedding, corruption, and all. It's a good place. And then there are finally two spiritual fruits that, um, that happen when we receive the love of God, and that's self-control. The ability us to hold our tongue and to do the right thing and to be self-disciplined. And it's not something that we have to wrestle with. And I think this is the one that we struggle with the most as the church. It's like, like, like somehow self-control is like not possible these days. If your wife has to have, um, um, so at home, um, my wife and I both have our thumbprints on our phones. Um, intermittently, she'll just pick up my phone and look at it. I don't look at hers. I have a, a rougher past than she does. I just trust that, um, that she's being well-behaved. But even still now, she checks and she asks questions, who is that girl? Who is that boy? Why are you spending time with them? What is that relationship like? Boundaries and self-control are healthy church, but we don't give it enough um, uh, face time. I remember at the beginning of COVID, and I I will not share names, but I made phone calls to some young men. I was like, I don't know what I I know exactly what I would have done if I'd had five weeks locked in my house with nothing but my phone and the internet. And I made phone calls. Where's your self-control? are we going to come back in five weeks time and you have a really big pastoral sin that you have to reconcile that will probably take you out of ministry because i didn't take the time to make a phone call self control is important self control is 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 natural and 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 an obvious overflow when you understand who's asking you because who's it's not so when your father says hey, can you pick up your toys, or can you make your bed, or can you clean your room, young people? Um, I know he's your father and he's imperfect, but when your perfect heavenly father says flee from sexual immorality, hold your tongue, say uh, good things, don't you dare ignore him. If you love him, you will do it. It will be a natural response. Nobody has to tell me um, to be self-controlled, it's just something I understood. Why? Because I understood the love of God. And the last one, and this is actually, this last one is the reason I'm sharing this with you this evening, because um, this last um, couple of months have not been easy um, for me as an individual, and gentleness is not something that I was good at, even up until January of this year. So, gentleness I always consider to be weakness, that when you are gentle, you are weak, that when you are all like, oh, it doesn't matter, and it's all flimsy, and oh, it doesn't matter, it's weakness, but it's not weakness. Can I tell you what gentleness is? It's power under control. It's rage under control. It's the ability to be angry and sin not, um, to take the words from the Maverick City song. It's the ability to be have everything inside you, whether it's righteous or unrighteous, on all cylinders. And, and like and unvented and without the love of God, you'll be taking heads off and there's blood and guts just kind of just uh, coming to your left and your right. Some of you probably had that from me in the past and I apologize and I repent if I've done that to you. But at the beginning of this year, I understood that gentleness for the first time was rage under control. I didn't have to stop my anger. I just had to learn where my anger came to reconcile it and to bring it under the love of God and to be gentle to those around me. And the moment I did that, the anger subsided. Because when you do it God's way, He'll help you to overcome. When you decide, well, I'm just going to hold on to it for a while longer and kind of poke at this person and ignore them in the car, in 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 the car, and maybe I'm going to like give my wife slightly less food and I'm going to make hers cold, or um, just to teach her a lesson. In the end, your anger, even if it was justified, will just fester and grow and become bigger and bigger so in the end, as Andre shared this morning, it will become like a black mold in your life that will just take you out and stop everything else being fruitful in your life. So guys, I don't know which of those nine fruits you need to work on, but can I challenge you that one of them should be something that you are working on all the time. So just as I shared with you that um, I've done a lot of work this year on gentleness, and I have, uh, by God's grace, been a lot better this year, I've still got some work to do, um, but I am already working on my goodness. Just because I don't encourage people enough. I don't stop conversations. I really love what you do. I just, I'm very factual and blasé and I just get on with stuff. So I'm being vulnerable. I'm telling you what I'm working on in my time with God because I want to walk in the rhythms of grace. I want to be a a light bearer in this society. I want to be a salt person who adds good flavoring and not bad flavoring because we leave flavoring. We leave flavoring. We will leave an environment, good or bad. Never get it twisted. You always have an impact. But it's what you choose to do. And whether you choose to be in the rhythm of grace or your own rhythm or the devil's rhythm. So church, I would challenge you firstly tonight to receive God's love. and um, Read Romans and the Gospels. Like, read Romans. Like. Like if you're not baptized, please read Romans. Like first two chapters, three chapters teaches you all about the gospel and who he is and what he did. Then he says, get baptized. Then he says it's okay, because there's going to be times where you sin and you and you and you want to do right, but you do wrong. And then he just tells you about his love and he tells you about the power that you hold. It's a phenomenal book. It's the book that transformed my life. Read Romans. Read the Gospels. Learn and lean in about God. Find Just Google search love in the Bible. If you are having character issues, stop trying self-help books or anything else. Google love in the Bible and read the scriptures that follow. And then let those things work out in your life. Understand who you are and how much he loves you. And then allow the love of God to be expressed in you as joy and peace. And when you aren't joyful and you don't have peace, remember the source of that lack of joy and lack of peace is because of your lack of source with your love and go back and receive it again before you step out to be unpeaceful or unjoyful. Then show love to other people through kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and patience. And then finally, use your power and strength to protect yourself and those around you and hold your, your, your tongue, hold your voice, hold your body. Be who God wants you to be so that more people remember God's mission everything we do church the reason we do all of that is so that there are billions of Christians walking the earth interacting with people that will never know Jesus in the flesh we won't see him again in the flesh until we return to eternity but I met someone that looked like Jesus 14 years ago and he hugged me and he loved me and he showed me that it was okay and he told me that my nonsense needed to change but he also told me that God loved me despite my nonsense and he was He was Jesus. Please don't get it wrong, I know he wasn't Jesus, but he was behaving like Jesus. He was showing the characteristics of Jesus. And I needed, because I didn't know what it was. I I told you, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to be kind, I didn't know how to be loving. I didn't know how to do those things that maybe other people took for granted, but I learned them by being around people that showed them to me. And I caught it and it became infectious. And do you know where that person was found? In a view group. The man that baptized me, the man that heard my declaration to say, um, my sexuality will be left in the water. That man was my view group leader. And it was that man that held me accountable and went on a journey and walked with me. And he'd never done the things I did. He didn't need to, because the answer was the love of God. And that is that he knew and that he presented to me. And to this day, I'm very grateful to that man, everybody in that view group who just took the time to behave and have fruits upon their life. And they all had different roles. One of them came shopping with me. One of them listened to my drama. One of them um, kind of helped me understand the Bible because they had different gifts, but they all had similar behaviors. And that is what I needed to understand so that I could truly walk in the life that I have today. Can I pray for you all? Father God, I thank you, Lord, for every person in this room who well, every person in this room because we all have a journey to walk on and I pray Father God that in a moment I will give people the opportunity to receive the love of God for the first time but to those of us that have received the love of God I pray that it fall fresh upon them today Lord God I pray that as the words reckless love the ever changing never ending love of God I pray that you remember that, that you embrace it that you take it upon yourself that it happens to you even in your good times and your bad times if you, are, if you, if you did wrong things today he still loves you if you did right things today he still loves you it's not about it's about him. He hung on that cross. He bore the price that you deserve so that you can, like me, in your own way, share the gospel and be a light bearer and be a salt to so the people around you so that more people can come to know the love of God and church if I can ask you to pray in this moment for the people that don't know God because you love the Lord and your responsibility now is to pray for those that don't and to everybody under the sound of my voice online or here in the room and you do not know this person of Jesus that I've spoken about and can I tell you the person that I was that day that question was asked of me he didn't deserve it I want you to hear that, I never deserved it you don't deserve it but he gives it to you anyway. It is a free gift from him to you. He loves you passionately, church. He wants everybody in heaven with him. He doesn't want anybody going to hell. He hung on that cross. He hung on that cross for you. And I want you to insert your name in this this sentence. He hung on the cross for you. So if today you want to come to Jesus for the first time, it's very simple, there's nothing complicated. The Word of God says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you are saved, it's that simple. And so, because I want to know, and our team would love to connect with you, I would love for you to put your hand up on the count of three. But if you know, if you're sitting here and your heart is beating really fast, love is attached to the heart. You're starting to feel love for the first time, raise your hand. Um, if your heart is on fire, then something is changing within you forever. And I would ask you to respond be confident he hung on the cross for you all we're asking you to do is to put your hand up for a second so on the count of three those of you that want to come to jesus for the first time or maybe you've been with him and you've fallen afoul come back again tonight on the count of three one two three online here in the room um Those of you that made this decision today, I pray that you continue to walk it out. I pray that you continue to take bold steps, but can we pray together? Lord Jesus, I come before you today, a sinner in need of saving. I thank you for your love, for your grace, for your forgiveness, and for the single biggest act of compassion and forgiveness. And today I stand in you, I receive your life. I am saved and set free in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Amen. Can I just honor Chris? Awesome. So, listen, we've had a great week at church. We not only met here, we met in Malpos, uh we met in Camps Bay. On Friday, um, we, View Rep, uh, we just saw so many great fours to sixes at church, um, at Mount and Telview, and then View City as well was pumping, and Kids Church has been pumping. So just an amazing season. Um, next week, we're finishing our series, uh, Rhythms of Grace. I'll be preaching in the morning, and then Matt's going to be in the evening, and then the, the final Sunday of November, we're going to be doing our Heart for the House and our Thanksgiving Sunday, and we're really going to be sort of setting the tone for our future by sowing seed in this season for what we believe is gonna come in the next. So it's gonna be an amazing time. Don't miss out on that. We have got a Kingdom Builders Night on Wednesday night from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, Leanne and I are gonna be speaking to our Kingdom Builders and that's gonna be at our Markbus location. So if you are interested, if you wanna hear more about being a Kingdom Builder and also hear about our heart for the house, uh, please, you can book your spot. Um, you can speak to one of us, we can send you the link. Um, and so that's gonna be on Wednesday night. And remember to book your seats online for our Christmas experience. The 5th of December at Milk was 12th of December at Tableview. And 19th of December at Camps Bay. Um, this year I'm going to pray for you guys and then we we're going to go for it. God, I just thank you for everyone in the house. I thank you for everyone who's been in the house at Tableview, Melbourne, and Camps Bay, and even online. God, I pray, God, um, that for every seed that was sown into people's hearts, that it would fall in good soil and produce a phenomenal harvest that will honor you. I pray for everyone who responded to the gospel today. I pray that this would be a start of an amazing journey with you. And I pray for anyone who is not in relationship when it comes to healthy relationships, that that this would be the, the, the door where they can step into a healthy circle that would change their life. We pray this all in your powerful name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Awesome, bless you guys.